Good morning, folks. And um, so today we're going to be talking about Christianity, persecution, and commitment. Uh, The title was given to me, and also the uh, um, I was told to do this. (laughs) It wasn't out of my own will, (laughs) which I guess I'm okay. Some people need to be pushed, and um, and that's and so I'm here. So. so we'll talk about Christianity first, um, and I I didn't pick the uh, the title, but I after running through it, I really uh, I liked it. Um, Christianity and who is a Christian? What is Christianity? And um, you know, going through the Bible, there's so much in there. Um, but it, I don't know for some reason after uh, after we've been Christians for some time, we. Uh, we turn to opinions rather than Bible verses when we, um, I don't want to say qualify, but when we think of someone as a Christian, we are so quick to call them brothers or to consider them as part of the Christian life. And, and that's not the case all the time. First um, uh, John 5.13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And, um, I mean, I think we all notice how Christianity has become so meaningless, so superficial. It's just, it's happening in the surface of the human life. Um, I mean, everyone is calling themselves a Christian. But, you know, the question this morning is, who is a Christian? Um, We have a very narrow view of Christianity uh, and also of who Christ is. Um, And, you know, I do want to exclude... any thief on the cross scenario. And what I mean by that is anybody that is on their deathbed, you know, um, uh, I'm sure this is not for them, but I'm talking about those of us who are still alive, who are still capable of going and working for the Lord, doing things. And I'm not talking about works for salvation or anything like that. I'm talking about works of the saints who are saved, who have the desire, uh, of course, from God in our hearts to go and do his will. And, um, you know, we, uh, I will send, the, um, we will send an, a video. It's like a, a minute and a half video. And one of the things was um, Lady Gaga calls herself a Christian. That's what the video is going to be about. And it, it's pretty interesting. It's very short. It's very, I think it's very powerful, uh, the Bible verses that they involved. Uh, I found this on YouTube. And... I mean, looking at her life, um, Lady Gaga, I mean, she, I, I can't, I mean, if we even, if you look it up, the word lady, okay, I can't even call her a lady, much less my sister in Christ, okay, um, but she, she believes that she is, you know, and, and, and it's not only her, there's also people in the church, here, John MacArthur's church, in every church, you're going to find false converts, people that think that they are going to heaven, uh, kind of like Matthew 7, 21, 22, 23, uh, people that, you know, they, they were so sure that they were on the way to heaven, and they are told by the Lord that that's not the case. And, um, you know, and this is, um, this is the time to, um, we want to use this time to examine others, but not only others, also ourselves, as we read in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. 
And, you know, we, um, we, we walk around, we run into people, uh, something just triggers a conversation sometimes uh, towards Christianity. And, you know, after they have revealed so much of who they really are, it turns out that they are Christians. When everything be prior to that was just not um, Christian-like. Um, and I shared this eight years ago. Uh, I'm sure many of you were not here. Um, I went to a dealer to buy a car. Um, and this guy, he has a foul mouth. I mean, he's saying every bad word. And I'm just there. I mean, it's the world. It is to be expected from the world. And he's saying all these bad words about the car and muscle car, six-cylinder. And, but he's using, like, bad words again and again. And I'm like, you know what? Um, could I play my music from my phone? I want to link my music, my Bluetooth. Uh, is this car capable of doing this? And he said, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. So I linked my phone and I started playing music, Christian music. And he says, you're a Christian? And I said, yeah. He goes, me too. But... <laughs> This guy, he, he had no shame. He just could not connect the dots. Everything that he had been saying was, was already telling me who he was in reality. Um, but he did, I mean, I was more embarrassed for the guy. When he said me too, I was just staring at the guy. I, I couldn't wait to leave the dealer to go tell others of what I just experienced, you know. And it was funny in, in every way. It was, you know. And um, that's... Um, he was very quick to think that we were on the same page when uh, I, you know, I don't want to sound legalistic, but sometimes we will sound legalistic, even though that's not our approach. We first need to know and understand First uh, John chapter 1 that, you know, we are not perfect. We are sinners. And, um, and that's, that's one scenario that, uh, that I came across, and there's many other. Uh, another one that I wanted to share that happened to me uh, about 19 days ago. Um, I was washing the car right outside of my driveway. Um, and uh, I guess I was washing the car without my shirt, just trying to get some vitamin D, you know, soaking up the sun. And, and I got my tattoos, and I'm the only Mexican on the block, of course. So there's this Asian guy walking by, and he comes up to me. He uh, starts talking to me, and he says, um, um, hey, this is for you. He gave me a pamphlet. And uh, I grabbed it, and I'm like, oh, w what is it? He's like, oh, it's for you. It's for you, sir. And uh, broken English, worse than mine. And he says, um, um, yeah, it's for you. And I said, okay, it looks like religion. Well, so what religion is this? He said, uh, um, Sabbatist or something like that. And he said, oh, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, my name is Emmanuel. And the guy started staring at me like if I was God. He's like, oh, sir, your name. And I said, oh, yeah, uh, God is with us. And he's like, oh, and he started calling me brother from that point. on. We don't know each other. And this guy is just calling me brother. Like, I thought he wanted to kiss my feet, at the, you know, at the moment. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, okay, this guy is like, I said my name, and now this guy is like, he switched gears. He's not here to preach to me anymore because we're on the same page only because of my name. But I didn't say anything biblical at all. I just said my name. And, I mean, this man was so quick to judge or to qualify me as a Christian, per se. And... You know, we, um, I think we should go a little more deeper than that, and we're not doing that. I mean, Christianity seems, uh, I don't know, to be a Christian seems too, uh, too plain for nowadays. Uh, maybe follower of Jesus Christ is the word, that I, the word that I should start using myself when they ask me, 
what you know um, what I practice, what I believe. If I follow Jesus Christ, and um, you know things that we. Um, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. And I know we, um, we want to be accepted by others. We want to be liked by others. We, um, we don't want to compromise that friendship. You know, the minute you talk about things like, oh, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of heaven according to 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 9. And now somebody's not liking you anymore. You know, it, it's, it's very true. But... Folks, you're either with the Lord or you are with the world. There is no middle ground. There is, there is no in between, okay? And I hear of people, uh, even here in this church, um, who is having a hard time uh, being in the church and pleasing the people outside of the church, you know? And, and I get that. I guess, uh, you know, I mean, who wants to be hated, right? But by default, once you become a Christian, you will be hated for his name's sake. We read that all over scripture, Matthew, I mean, you name it. It's all over the place. It's not just in one place. Uh, just to make sure that we wouldn't miss that, you know? It, it's in multiple places. And, you know, we, um, I mean, we, we, we need to uh, see people, even, I mean, especially in, uh, in church, um, you know, we should question things like, uh, you know, whether it's your wife, your dad, mom, or dad. I mean, for me, it's my mom and dad. They're not Christians, but we should ask questions to ourselves in regards the person we're thinking of, you know, is she involved in the church? Is she serving the church? Does she fellowship with others in the church? Does she attend church events? And we want to live out, does she believe in God? We don't want to use that one, okay? Because the demons believe and they tremble, right? James 2.19. So, um, you know, we, we don't want to go into that detail. But, you know, we... We answer these questions. If we don't know the person, we want to get to know the person. But if we know the person, we go through this. I mean, this is a Christianity 101. This is not difficult. This is for kids. Okay? And, you know, at the end of the day, asking these questions, you know, what makes you... And you realize, okay, he or she is doing none of the above. And this is, like I said, very basic. Then what makes you think that this person is a Christian? You know, this is... This is so basic, and, and we find ourselves out there just uh, loving others because God is love. But what, what happens when you share with someone who claims to be a Christian? You, ser- you share something like um, uh, Psalm 711, God is angry with the wicked every day. Whatever happens to, to that person who says that he's a Christian, but he's not, how do they take these things? Okay? very difficult to grasp because all they have learned is that God is love, love, love. But then when you get into a biblical church and you start learning that God is one angry God with the wicked. He hates sin. And, you know, they don't know how to answer to these things. Um, I was going through Matthew uh, 7, 16. Um, You know, we, we read in Scripture that you will know them by their fruit. And to me, I think this is where everything starts crashing down. You know, you will know them by their fruit. And it turns out we don't even properly identify the fruit anymore. We just hug each other. We just love each other. There is no um, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. You know, that's what we are called to do. That's what we should be doing with one another. But for some reason, we, 
we, we read Bible verses. Like, I, I think this is pretty big for me. Uh, you know, you will know them by their fruit. And, and we see the fruit and we still think that, you know, instead of exhorting others for their behavior or, or the way they carry themselves in life, the way they walk, as we read in 1 John chapter 1, um, we see these things and, and we don't want to call them out on, on their behavior, on what they're doing wrong. If they don't claim to be a Christian, I don't have a problem with that. We should not have a problem with that. We should understand that the person is not a Christian, is behaving as the world, it's a slave to Satan, therefore is behaving the way it is behaving. But when it's a person that says that he's a, he or she is a Christian and their behavior is just does, it doesn't line up with Scripture, we should call that person out. And we should do it in a loving way. Now, for me, that would be the hardest part, to do it in a loving way. It, it, it would. You know, it just makes me, it makes me angry. But then I have to turn back and look at myself, that I'm not perfect myself, but who is, right? I mean, we uh, see um, um, Paul talking to the Philippians, uh, Philippians 3.12, um, when he says, not that I have already obtained all of this, or that I have already become perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. And my question to you this morning is, do you press on? Do you press on? Do are you just coasting? Have you made peace with your sin? Are you even trying anymore? Because it gets to the point where Christianity, we're Christians anyways. I mean, it says here that we're going to sin no matter what, not to mention that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, right? First uh, John chapter 2, 1. Um, and we, we take these things in, in such a way that, um, I mean, who is perfect? Nobody. Well, it says here that we're going to sin. If, if, if I say that I have no sin, I deceive myself, and the truth is not in me. If I say that I have not sin, I make him a liar. Right? God. And that's, you know, that, that's, um, I, wa I want to read something on uh, Riccardi, something that I understand that some people will not be able to grow. Uh, maybe we fried our brains doing drugs growing up, you name it, you know. Uh, for some of us, it didn't go that route. For some, we got to be gracious and understand it's not a laughing matter. We went overboard with the drugs, and we are unable to grow. So that would be the case for some people, okay? But I want to read this, uh, Ricard, uh, Ricardi, and this is the uh, Scripture sufficiency to, uh, for sanctification. And I'll read this. You are born again through the living and enduring word of God. We are called to life. You are, we are called to life through our gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So if we are spiritually dead sinners to come to life and faith in Christ, nothing more is needed than the power of the word of God, united with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, who breathes out that word. But that was for regeneration. That was for conversion that was for entering into the faith. What about for sanctification? What about for the Christian life and growth and holiness? What about the period in between the conver conversion of the past and our glorification that comes in the future, in the present pursuit of Christ-likeness where we each live every day? Each and every one of us who has been re regenerated 
by the work of God and has been justified by faith alone lives every moment of every day precisely in the middle of progressive sanctification. We have been commanded, Philippians 1.27, to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. We have been commanded, 1 Timothy 6.12, to fight the good fight of faith. We have been commanded in Hebrews 12.14 to pursue the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. We have been commanded in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What about that? Is, is scripture for that? Is the scripture that is sufficient to get sinners saved sufficient to sanctify saved sinners? And I know this is um, in regards to uh, the sufficiency of scripture, but I wanted to pull this out because um, I, I, I seen people that have been in the church for 20, 30 years uh, not only here, but even outside of uh, this church. Um, and you, you have a conversation with them, and th they're full of opinions. You try to have a conversation in regards to a Bible verse, and, and they just can't can engage in the conversation. Um, and I don't, it's not a laughing matter. It, it's, it's just like, okay, you keep talking about your opinions, but all I'm saying is, Look what this is saying over here, Philippians 3.12 or 1 John 1.9. And they keep getting out and you have to keep dragging these people in. And they get very uncomfortable. It gets to the point where they just want to end the conversation because they don't know how to engage. They don't understand scripture. First, Matthew 15.8. These people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What this is saying is, I'm in the mouth of many, but in the heart of few. A lot of people talk about God, but that doesn't mean that they are godly men, godly women. It doesn't. Okay? Uh, it's more than just, and, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not saying, and I know this is sound, sounding legalistic, like I told Mitchell uh, last time we went out to lunch. I'm not talking about how you look at a person and then you decide whether that person is a believer or not. I'm talking about a whole life of a person. I'm not talking about for the past week, for the past month. I'm talking about for over the years, 10, 20 years that you have known the person. Is there any growth? Is the person, uh, is there any sanctification? Do you see any growth? Okay. So I'm not talking about why well, I met with this person. Guess what? He ordered a beer and I was a little uncomfortable. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? That's, not, that's, not, that's exactly what I don't want to convey as a message. And um, first John, I'll, I'll read first John. Um, uh, Kai read this last time. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation of, for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. 
By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And, and I'll jump um, Romans, Romans 10, 9. And I, I know it's, it's in scripture and to me it's like very dangerous to use. I don't mind using it with Christians, but when I use it with a non-believer, it's a whole different thing. They don't understand it, okay? 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us that, that they do not have the Spirit of God. That's why they're unable to understand the things of God. Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the unbeliever will, will conclude right there and then that he or she is saved because of this. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I think this needs to be followed up with a lot more than just a Bible, just these two verses. Because we, we I mean, talk about street preaching where this is used very often. You pray for the person, and you, you pray for them, you send them on their way, but they think that they are saved. Uh, this is just the beginning, friends. This is just the beginning of, um, you know, praying for someone and trying to lead them towards Christ. Uh, okay? Uh, I'm not saying this is a lie. I'm just saying we have to be very careful with certain Bible verses, um, especially this one. That, that's just me. That's the way I see it. It, it seems... Very, uh, something to be very careful with because the unbeliever doesn't understand it the way a believer would understand it. And, and that's for Christianity. There's a lot more. I mean, yeah, we could go on for hours on that. But then uh, persecution. Um, and I kid you not, if you use all these Bible verses from that, that you could pull from persecution, from being persecuted from Scripture, if you share this stuff with those who claim to be believers, but they are not believers, uh, they're going to have a hard time understanding these Bible verses. They are. They're there. They never seen them because they go to a church where you are told that if you put a thousand dollars, God is going to double it for you. But they've never been taught persecution, that you will be killed, you will be hanged, you will be hated for his name's sake, for Jesus. And, um, you know, I'm glad to be at a Bible teaching church because when the time comes, I want to be ready. And we are told in Scripture to be ready in season, out of season, right? And it will come. And there will be no uh, sign that this is coming. You're going to show up to work and you're going to think, I'm going to have a great day. I have my coffee. I mean, and things are going to go down. And you better be ready, brothers. You better be ready. It's, your knees are going to shake. You're going to start sweating cold. You're going to get nervous. You won't know what to say. And, and you will probably feel like a coward for not giving the proper response, for not being properly equipped. All you got to do is listen to the Word of God, study the Word of God. We have, but I hate reading. We have no excuse. We have YouTube. You don't know how to read. We have no excuse. We have audio. God has made it possible, uh, you know, for us to have no excuses. But we'll, we're so smart, we're always going to make excuses, right? And so I want to jump into persecution. Um, 
And I, I strongly think that we should be, this part of scripture, we should be sharing it with those who claim to be believers that we in our hearts don't think they are. Um, so this, uh, I, my background is, uh, uh, most of you know, I, I, I grew up in gangs, uh, you know, uh, hurting people, shooting people, uh, drugs, women, you name it. And one of my buddies, um, he, you know, we would wear baggy pants and stuff like that, red rag, um, defending a color or a barrio or, a, you know, a, a neighborhood. And one time I saw my friend Jesus Caballero, um, not Jesus, Jesus was his name from high school. Um, and he, he, um, he wasn't dressed up as he's supposed to, as being part of the gang. He, everything was really tight on him. He looked weird, you know, and I'm like, what happened, dude? What, what's going on? And he said, I went to his Palo Alto, and he said, um, you won't believe what happened. A man pulled out a gun. He said he was from the same gang that I was. He said, a, a dude pulled out a gun, and he put it on my face, and he asked me, where are you from? And he said, dude, Emmanuel, when he put that gun in front of me, I thought I was going to die, and I saw my whole life on that barrel. Like my, my entire life was just like split second. I mean, the brain can think so fast. I think it's faster than the speed of light. And... He said, I saw my life, like, right there. I thought I was going to die, and the guy's just asking me where you're from, and I'm frozen, and I don't know what to do. He quit the gangs that day. He stopped dressing up the way he was dressing up. Um, I'm comparing this with, with Christianity, by the way. I hope it's obvious. Um, when the time comes, will you be a Christian? So this man, he, um, he uh, stopped being part of the gang because it was too dangerous. Um, he thought he was down to kill. Instead of turning around and come and getting us and say, hey, let's go get this dude, he pulled out a gun on me. He just decided to quit altogether. Okay? So let's be careful me comparing Christianity and, and gangs, okay? Um, so, um, so he changed completely. Before I forget the joke, um, so he stopped gangbanging. I thought it was a dumb decision at, at that moment. Later on, I thought it, it was wise. You know, it was wise. It was a great decision. But then it was a stupid at the same time. So he stopped gangbanging because it was dangerous. He moved to Chicago and he became a drug dealer. Right. So it's weird. It's like, okay, so this is dangerous, but at least I'm making money. How does that work? So that's, that's my friend Jesus. That's his, uh, his uh, you know, looking at what happened in his life, in his uh, being a hardcore gangbanger. And, you know, thinking about what happened to Peter. You guys remember Peter? Lord, I'm ready to go with you to jail, to prison, even to death. And we, and we talk like that as if we had the power to do these things, and we don't. We don't. Yeah, eventually he came through. I get it. But it was never, I think it was, God's strength in him. That's what I believe. It was never from him. It was within his strength when, when he ran. <laughs> okay, that was his strength. Okay? But, uh, you know, um, there has been times in my life where I felt that I should have said more. Uh, you know, I get nervous. I, I get shaky. I, 
And, and I'm sure it's going to happen to some of you, right? Where somebody asks you, are you going to, you know, become a uh, Jesus weirdo or whatever, things like that. Um, and you don't know how to respond to these things. Well, that's why we're here, folks, to answer someone's question with another answer. What is your definition of Jesus weirdo? Okay. When I, I was barely becoming a Christian, uh, somebody invited me to a, a, a men's retreat. And so I went to that. On, when I was leaving to that, uh, one of my buddies at Microsoft, he's like, oh, Emmanuel, what, what are you doing? You, oh, they're going to convert you. Don't dude, be careful. He's like warning me about all these things. He's like, dude, just be, just be very careful. Man, they're going to change you. Oh, it's going to be a mess. And, and the guy, he just, he was like, I don't know if he's been to one or what. Or he, ha- he lost a friend to Christianity. I don't know. But the guy was like really concerned about this guy, you know, losing him to Christianity. And which he did eventually. <laughs> he just didn't know that. And um, after I came back, you know, we, uh, we were hanging out. And, and I said, you know, it's funny that uh, uh, the Bible says that um, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says that a homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he's like, what? And what are you talking about? Say that again, say that again. Like he was interested about it. He, had, he was clueless about that so evil that it sounds that a holy God would put it on the Bible. He couldn't grasp that, right? But what unbeliever can? I mean, even for us, some of the stuff that is in Scripture, it's really difficult for us to, to grasp, to, to understand. But, you know, persecution, it's real. It will happen. It will be mild here. Uh, eventually, maybe they, uh, we lose our lives. So what? We go to, I mean, you're going to go, why would you want to be here? I mean, really, there's, what's holding you back? You know, well, I'm only 30, uh, your age, what, what is it? But, you know, honestly, we do want from the world. We, we, it sucks, you know, and I'll say it because I'm human and I'm a sinner, but there's stuff in the world that I enjoy that I shouldn't. And I'm sure many of you too, you know, and you know, and you're aware of it. To me, it's like, okay, I'm 45. I lived enough. I've done enough. I, if I die today, I know where I'm going. COVID came down. People not going to church. Uh, I run into some of you at the mall, which I wasn't happy because you wouldn't come here. It's okay. You know, God, God gave me of his grace. And, you know, I got angry at my wife. Not at my wife, but I'd be like, how? They're here where there's hundreds of people, but they won't go to church. What's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, I'm a Christian, and, and there's no grace from this dude from Grace Bible Church, right? And I'm just like, oh, man, this is not cool. But it was an excuse all along, folks. For, for the true Christian, I mean, it was an excuse to stay home, to not come, to, to gather, uh, to learn more about the Word of God. Uh, people, I, I mean... I kid you not, I, I, I never wanted this camera thing. Pastor Steve, I would never. I don't know if you guys heard him. He, you know, oh, people would say, what, would you guys ever consider putting cameras? And Pastor Steve was like, I would never do live feed. I would never do cameras. And I'm like, me neither. I would never do that. And we find ourselves putting cameras together because nobody's showing up to church. You know, we had a, some improvised. We had to make changes. And I'm like, man. I can't believe we're chewing on our own words. You know, I never wanted to be on a camera. You know, this is, 
I, I get MacArthur. I don't want to drive over there. Yeah, I want those sermons online, but it's like, I don't want to do that here. So, and so we, we, we had to, um, and we did. But persecution is real, folks. It, it, it's real, and all I can say for now is get equipped. I mean, that's what we learn here. Um, Matthew 10, 22 and 24, 9 says, You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Matthew 10, 39, 16, 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And God's word is offensive and many times not properly received. That's because the natural person does not. The natural person refers to the unbeliever, by the way. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. And, you know, when we share God's word, it, don't expect it to land very smooth on, on the heart of unbelievers. It, it, it never will. Um, part of what I just said, you know, sharing Bible verses about persecution with people who claim to be believers, but you believe in your heart that they're not. Try sharing that information. So, so I did it, right? Just to see what they would come up with, which I already knew that they would come back with, uh, that she would come back with uh, an opinion. And I said, my question to her was, not my wife, by the way, somebody else. My question was, uh, you know, w what do you got to say about, um, you know, Matthew 10:22, uh, 24, 10:39, uh, that you will be hated by my name's sake? And this is Jesus Christ, that we will be hated when we share the gospel because of his name's sake. We're going to be hated. W what do you got to say about that? The person, she said, well, I don't think that's true. I, I think it depends. It doesn't depend. If you don't think it's true, then God is a liar. Okay? In, in your eyes, not in mine. I believe what Scripture says because it, it's uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is breathed out by God, right? But this person thought that, okay, well, I, I don't believe it's, it's fully true that way. That it really depends on how you share it. Mm, when I hear how you share it, I'm hearing sugar coating. That, that's what I hear, okay? We've got to say it the way it is from here, and we have to trust that if we get put to death or prison, that God will be with us, and he put us there for a reason, maybe to go share the gospel in someone's cell with somebody else. But I know it's not easy to say uh, things like, don't, don't, don't fear, you know, don't fear man. Um, Matthew 10, 28, and Luke 12, 4 to 5. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to, to get in trouble, not purposely, but because you're sharing the truth, and... Um, and then you get killed and you go to heaven. I mean, isn't that a good deal? I, I mean, if I, if I had a bunch of new believers here or kids, I think they would start crying. 
okay? Because they, they don't understand these things. But I guess once you've been in so much trouble, you realize, eh, there's nothing here for me, you know? <laughs> been there, done that, played it all, seen it all. Uh, it's ungodly. It's demonic. It's, it's yeah, I, I, I don't want to um, disqualify. I don't want to minimize what the Lord has done with his holy hand, okay? Everything, the stars, mountains, the forest, hiking, all that stuff that I love doing. Um, God created all of those things. He created all things. He created you and I. Um, and that is so that we could die for him, so that we could share the gospel with him. Matthew 10, 6 and 22. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flogs you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my, na- for, for my sake, to bear witness before them and, and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, and the father, his child, and the children will rise, will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. And I like this part. And this is uh, Matthew 10, 22b. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's not the one who claimed to be a Christian. It's not the one who raised his hand and accepted Jesus Christ. He's the one who endures to the end. Okay? And I'll just jump into commitment. Romans 10, 14. How then will they call? How will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Uh, Friends, that's, that's... that's us, okay? You don't have to be a pastor to share God's word. You don't have to be a pastor to pick up a Bible and, and try to explain a Bible verse. You don't... I get it. If, if you don't feel um, good enough, per se, on understanding Revelation, maybe I wouldn't get in there. I, I spend very little to no time in Revelation uh, other than... Uh, Revelation 3.15, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. I, I, I spend time there every now and then, okay? Uh, it seems a little scary. Um, it, you know, it, it, it helps me. But Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I, I see people, they, I don't know, they have some sort of gift. They could talk and they could remain calm and mellow and, and they don't even have to try. They're just like very gracious, very mellow, very chill. Um, 
that's that's not the same case for me you know uh, for me I have to try and I have to keep my feet on the ground because I can't wait for the person to stop talking so that I can explain what what the Bible says not what I think not what they think you know but I do call them out on their opinion and I make it clear you're giving me an opinion I'm giving you a Bible verse okay you can continue to give me your opinions as much as you want I'm just gonna remain I'm, I'm just gonna circle back to my Bible verse you believe what you believe and that's your thing but uh, you know we read in scripture that um, things change over the time but the Word of God never does it remains the same forever right and um, Second Timothy 2.15, if you did uh, Fundamentals of the Faith, you remember this one. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And if you don't have, if you don't know what to say to the ungodly, it's obvious. You have never studied it, maybe, and you need to spend more time in scripture. Uh, listening to sermons, that helps a lot, too. I mean, it's hard to read and drive. So driving, for me, it's like the best time to, to listen to a sermon, you know. We have the resources. If you're alive, you can learn the stuff. Like I said, unless you fried your brains doing drugs. But, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that that's not the case here. Um, and I, I will read, um, just to conclude real quick, James. James 1, 19, No, these, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness, with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. We are so good at saying things. And over the years, I have learned that it's better if I just shut my mouth and if I want to do something, I'll do it. And if anybody's thankful for it, my wife, per se, uh, that's fine. But when we say things, we, we put ourselves in a position where now we better live up to it. Sometimes we're like, I shouldn't have said anything. Why did I even put myself in that situation? We should have just done it without announcing it, right? But we are, we are very good at saying things and not doing them because saying it's so easy, but putting the work to get it done, is, it's not. We're too lazy. At least for me, that's the case. And... Um, just real quick, the, the devil doesn't, Pastor Steve was sharing this. Well, he was sharing, I deleted a lot, a lot of stuff because uh, I think it was uh, April 5th, starting April 5th until now, he's been using too many uh, of the Bible verses that I had written down. <laughs> so I did a lot, of, a lot of deleting. I'm like, oh, this guy is sharing. It's not going to feel fresh, but hey, it is the word of God. And uh, to be honest, I think uh, over the years, I, uh, I don't like redundancy, I don't like repetition, but then something about the scripture, something about the word of God that it doesn't bother me. And I hate repetition. 
I go to my mom and she'll tell me, oh, did I tell you? And I'm like, yeah, mom, you told me like three times in the past month. Or my brother, oh, did I tell you that I bought it? I said, yeah, you told me like four times already. Like, I get same thing, and I hate the stuff. But we come here and, you know, Kai read First uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Um, uh, Pastor Steve, uh, he read a lot of it, and it's like, I, I conclude that this is good. We need it. We need this repetition because we, we wander around. We're like dumb sheep. we so easy to just go astray and we have to be, you know, dragged back. Um, I find that uh, to be, to be uh, very positive for me. Uh, you know, that something that I hate, I seem to enjoy within Scripture. Kind of like, um, and, and this is outside of all of this, but... Um, Sarcasm. Oh, I hate sarcasm. Like, you can't imagine. I hate it. And at this church, it's very common. But one thing I told my wife, I hate sarcasm. But for some reason, this lady, Mary McCafferty, she was very sarcastic, like extremely, but it wouldn't bother me. Like, I really liked her. So when she left, I was like, oh, I was really bummed out, you know? I mean, uh, uh, Tom left and the twins, and I, I, was, I was really bummed out about it. And it's like, man, this, this lady, she does something that I hate, like, from the bottom of my heart. It bothers me, but not when she, I don't know why. But, I mean, her and my wife, they got along really good, and, and she could sit on the table, and she could start with her sarcasm, and, and it, just, it, it, didn't, it just didn't bother me for some reason. Go figure. I, I, I don't know why, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, for this man, Lord. I pray, Father, that if anyone here today, uh, if anyone here today, uh, are in doubt whether they're saved or not, Father. I pray, Father, that you would reveal to them whether they are or not. Because even if they're not, Father, we're still alive. There's still time to repent. But if I'm wrong, Father, and every man here has been sanctified by you, has been saved by you, Lord, praise your name. Father, I thank you for uh, this ministry that Mario keeps uh, up with. Lord, I, like I said before, if I was retired, I'd be in Hawaii. I don't know why he's here, but we are very thankful, Father, for the time that he puts, not only in uh, Men of the Word, but, only, but also in the uh, men's breakfast, Lord, uh, to take the time to, to cook and to prepare this um, man. Lord, we, we must all understand that we, we should be doing this until the day we die. We should continue to repeat ourselves. We for, we're so quick to forget. And, and I pray, Father, that we, would, that we would stop saying things only, but that we would carry on the task and that we would do, as your word says, to do what it says. And I pray, Father, that we would stop claiming things we continue to claim and claim, we need to start owning that which is put before us. Father, I pray that 
you would continue to uh, encourage this man. Lord, no one here is perfect. Not, not even one of us. No one. And I know that we are to, to continue, Father, to look, to look for, uh, for your faith, to continue to learn from you. Lord, we don't, uh, even if we don't feel that, we don't know how to pray. Romans 8.26 says that we don't know how to pray. And it says that, the, that we don't know how to pray the way we ought to pray. And for that very reason, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us to ask the Father for the things that we need. And Father, I thank you for every man that has made the time. And, and I pray, Father, that we could, would uh, continue to get to know each other. Sometimes I know there's things in our lives that we are scared. We love transparency, but there's this one thing that we are afraid that they might find out about us. There is this perhaps sin in us that we are afraid that what if they find out? What if they know that I'm not Grace Bible Church? material but nobody's perfect Lord and we welcome all men and women here we know that we're all sinners my pastor knows that he's a sinner and we pray for one another we love one another and, and Father I pray that we would whether you give us one more year 20 more years of life I pray Father that you would uh, prepare our hearts so that we may be ready in season and out of season. Lord, I do pray for Ken as well, for supporting Pastor Steve through these years. Lord, we don't know how much longer we have, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, whether it's one more year, one more day, Father, we want to be here to praise you. We want to be here to lift up your name. We pray for your protection, Lord. And, and I pray, Father, that when the time comes for every single one of us to be persecuted every single one of us to be questioned about our faith do we believe in abortion do we support abortion do we support homosexuality I pray father that we be equipped prepared to say that we support only that which you father support so bless our time father and I pray that uh, you would take us back home safely and Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.